This is The Community Connection, a podcast from Community Baptist Church in South Bend, Indiana. The purpose of this podcast is to better equip our church family to do the ministry of the gospel where God has planted us. <laughs> you know that, you know that story? We're actually recording now. I heard the story. We are uh, excited to have a little bit of a change in the podcast studio. We're all crammed into the studio because we actually have four people here. You know, Ben, I think we're we're on a trajectory of something. Two podcasts ago, we only had two people. This pod, last podcast, we had three. Why? And then in well, this pod, podcast, we have four. Why? Why has there been an increase of number though? Like why? Well, because you know, when you're doing good work, you get more people. Well, <laughs> You know, I think there's also been an increase in our viewership or our listenership, I should say. Um, and so I think with an increase in listenership, we just also have an increase in uh, number of people. Content. Uh, content, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, so we have... Quantity sure over quality. Pointed, that's right. We have, make sure Mike's pointed right in your mouth. We have uh, Sean and Susanna with us as we are going to begin a new um, kind of... Um, pattern maybe a new subset in our podcast that's membership interviews and we're going to be inviting um, new members and people who've been members for a long time just to share their testimony and uh, maybe the story about how they came to community and you know how pastor sean has been such a blessing to them and you know things of that nature uh, and so so it's going to be a very short podcast <laughs> <laughs> at least on the third part uh but it'll be uh, susanna's testimony <laughs> so so the goal the goal of today is to get to know sean and susanna a little bit more to hear their testimonies and to um understand kind of how god brought them to community and, and things of that nature the second part is to reveal how strong of a marriage they have because they are currently sharing a microphone and so, so they, they're going to have to move back and forth on the same microphone uh, here in the studio. And so we'll see how smoothly this goes. We're, we're very excited to be here. You are? Seriously. This yeah. is good. Good opportunity. Well, we're excited to have you here. Pastor Roman, would you like week. to say anything uh, from, <laughs> from the outset before we get started here? No, nothing. Okay. No. You're just going to sit over there in the corner and just observe this whole time. I mean, I have questions, but we haven't started yet. That's true. That's true. Okay, um, let's start out this way. Um, Sean and Susanna, both of you were raised in ministry homes, differing contexts. Um, Susanna was raised in the uh, south in Georgia, and Sean was raised in the jungles of Brazil, <laughs> even further, further south. south. Yeah. Yeah, and south. so uh, Sean was raised in the mission field. Uh, as a wild child ran, running around the jungles in piranha-infested waters in, in Brazil. Isn't that how it worked? Yeah, absolutely. There was uh, – it, it was difficult times. Yeah, and so uh, so we're going to take Susanna's uh, testimony first, if that's okay. And, and j- just real simple, nothing super complicated. Um, and I think I'd like to ask the question, if you would kind of share with us your salvation testimony, but then – if you want to answer the question for us, what are some things that stick out to you from your childhood in ministry? Like growing up in a pastor's home, we don't need every every detail, but just some some highlights that stuck out to you. For instance, um, my dad was a pastor. He was a, a church planter slash revitalizer. And so for us, we got to see everything about church up close. We were the custodians. We were, we were the, you know, we did everything together in the church. We saw the church grow from 12 people, you know, before I left for college to around, you know, 175. And so we got to, to 
to, to see that process. And so for you in growing up in a ministry home after your testimony, kind of give some, some highlights of, okay, as a child, here's what I, here's kind of what I took away from watching ministry up close in that scenario. So Susanna, why don't you first give us your salvation testimony and then kind of launch into that? Sure. Um, so my dad, uh, became a pastor when I was three months old. Um, so there's really not a time that I don't remember, um, just being the first ones at church and the last ones out. Um, we were always, you know, in a smaller context where, um, our family was doing, you know, a lot, um, with the church, but I do remember constantly as a child uh, in Sunday school, um, hearing about Jesus and his love for me. And I, it was amazing to see just one Sunday night, um, a light bulb went off in my head and I realized, wow, I'm a sinner. Even at a young age, um, I was five years old. Um, I am a sinner and Jesus died for me. Um, I have a very simple testimony. Um, Even pastor's kids need to be saved. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> and I definitely, um, there were six kids in my family, and um, I carry the record of being the worst child <laughs> in the family. Um, so my parents definitely... <laughs> this is good information. This is my good. parents definitely uh, saw my need for Jesus. So I think it's interesting as a child... To say, okay, you grew up in a ministry home, you're faithful in church, but then, and you heard the gospel over and over and over again, but then it was just in that moment that God opened your eyes. And how that changes us as parents praying for salvation for our children is that, yes, it's about exposing the gospel from your own testimony. It's not just about pressuring. Obviously, it's not about pressuring into decisions, but just praying that God would give that moment. How old were you about, if you remember, when when that light bulb went off? Uh, it was the summer that I turned five. Wow. So so your dad pastored in Georgia. Tell us, tell us a little bit of the context about ministry life as child all the way up until you left the house. Not when you ran away when you were 12. No, we're talking about when you actually left to go to college. So your, your dad pastored in Georgia where? He pastored in northeast Georgia. Okay. Uh, which is close to like Athens mm -hmm. or Commerce, right off of 85. I've been to the outlets there. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, I lived at those growing up. Nice. <laughs> um, so my dad was an assistant pastor for six years, uh, the first six years of my life. And then we actually lived in Kansas for the next six years That's in right. Atchison mm -hmm. on the Missouri River. And then when I was 12, we moved to Georgia. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that is where... I really gleaned a, a good, more of an understanding of um, ministry life and a healthy church and, and all of that. And um, It was in Kansas that God really put in you a love for the Midwest. A love for snow, anyway. There you go. That's <laughs> awesome. And, uh, and then, you, then, so tell us about growing up in the church, starting when you were 12 in Georgia. What are some things that stick out to you? Kind of highlights just, you know, not necessarily good or bad, or maybe they are, but just, just highlights of growing up in a ministry home, just so people can understand a little bit about what it's like. Um, so when I was 12, um, we moved to Georgia, and I would say that that was where I really started to experience a healthy church and um, people that 
in the church that surrounded our family and were excited. Mm. Um, I didn't feel singled out as a pastor's kid. Um, we were just all there to grow and learn together. And, um, and that's so important, isn't it? To say, okay, pastor's kids in the church, we're just kids. And I grew up pastor's home, but with my, you want people to view your kids that way, right? Sure. And listen, this is just, just kids in the church. Yeah. There's sometimes an undue expectation, you know, there's like a life in the fishbowl we talk about. Uh, and, you know, books have been written about that, trying to help pastor's kids navigate the pressures that come on them specifically through nothing that they've done, but just by virtue of who their parents are in a, in a religious context. And yeah. so when you can be in a kind of an environment or a church that um, appreciates you, but not because of who your parents are, but just because of the fact that you're part of the body of Christ, that's that's invaluable. And yeah. that, that really is a mark of a healthy church, right? Because it's yeah. not viewing a person based on a social standing or what they bring to the table in terms of their family or their personality or what they can do, their skill set, but rather just because of the fact that they're a Christian, like their parents are Christians, yeah. like they're Christians and so on. Yeah, yeah. that's great. And uh, the church was really accepting of you guys and just brought you in and made, made you part of their family. Yeah, it was really sweet. It was, we as a family, for the first time, were able to breathe a sigh of relief and just do what we needed to do and love on people and feel like this is where we need to be. And um, it really bonds your hearts together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that Southern hospitality of, hey, y'all, come on in, you know. Oh, yeah. And join us. What a blessing to look back on childhood of ministry and for those years see, think about love, acceptance. Mm-hmm. And and in a family atmosphere, what a blessing that is! And it's it's a it's a unique thing as well because you can't take away all the uniqueness of growing up in a pastor's home. Like yeah. you can have a church that accepts you for who you are, apart from the fact that you're a pastor's kid. But there there are still just unique ministry opportunities that come to you in that kind of a setting where you have an opportunity to maybe minister in platforms that uh, are are just unusual or unique. And when you're working together with your parents as a pastor's kid, mm-hmm. it not just binds your heart to the people you're serving, but it binds your hearts together as a family as well, because mm-hmm. there's this common drive that we're all working towards something together. We're all doing this together. That's awesome. Um, Sean, you grew up on the uh, on the ministry field in, uh, you guys spoke Spanish? What did you, yes, Portuguese. That's a, that's a that's, you spoke Portuguese. I spoke Portuguese, yes. Yeah. So yeah. my parents, when I was, um, when I was eight months old, they uh, boarded a plane and went to Brazil. And they're the oldest. I'm the oldest. Yep. They spent um, the first year of their marriage teaching in a Christian school up in the Detroit area, raising uh, support. And they were, my uncle had already gone to Brazil, my dad's older brother, and they were going to join him. He had been there for about a year and a half. Was your uncle the first one in your family to go down to Brazil? Correct. So okay. just my dad and my uncle were uh, the ones in Brazil. Mm-hmm. My aunt married a pastor who was um, in other areas of the country, in Wisconsin and Illinois. And um, they had another si- sister who was married uh, to a pastor in Texas as well. Um, so anyway, went to Brazil. They spent a year in language school in the city of Sao Paulo, which is the biggest city in South America. And... Very soon after their language school was done, they moved to the city of Sorocaba. Sorocaba is where I grew up. Um, we spent about maybe about a, a little less than a year in a temporary home. Uh, we rented a home. And then my dad and my uncle were building homes across the street from each other. Mm-hmm. And we lived in those homes across the street from each other for about 20 years. 
And then my uncle moved to the southern part of Brazil to be the director of the um, Baptist seminary, Mm -hmm. one of the Baptist seminaries in Brazil. And my dad stuck around, and they lived in that home in that city and were missionaries in Brazil for about 35 years. And um, so my context is, yes, a missionary kid, but I'm also... My dad was very much the pastor of Mm -hmm. the church as well. Um, There was a pioneering aspect of it because there was, from the ground up, they were building the church, quite literally. They would buy property in a neighborhood that they had done a ton of research about and planned about. And then he, with his hands, with a group of either locals or uh, groups from the states, would come and he would level the field. Mm build the church, all the while doing Bible studies and hosting um, and whatever small or makeshift um, gathering place until the actual building was. I remember in my childhood many stages of not just the growing body and number, but the growing of the church itself, the the building, building, which was fascinating. Um, One of the reasons why I started jokingly what I did of you growing up in the jungle is because one of one of the truths is so fascinating that I wanted to bring out in this context is that um, Ben's dad grew up in. I mean, Ben's dad was a church planter revitalizer. My dad was a church planter revitalizer. Your dad was a church planter revitalizer, and Susanna's dad was a church planter revitalizer. And so, in that sense, when I mean church planter revitalizer, I mean going in and breathing life into an either existing congregation or bringing life to a place that doesn't have a church. Hmm. And and it was it's all the same. You did it in the context, you and your parent, family did it in the context of I don't know, Sorocaba. I don't mm-hmm. know how, to, how yeah. to say that in the right way. But in Brazil, my dad did it in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Ben's dad did it in Fort Mill, South Carolina. And Susanna's dad did it in Georgia. All pastoring, ministering in different locations, but all with the same goal, the same mission of seeing people saved, added to the church, and growing in their faith. And so in one sense, there is a difference in childhood, but in another sense, there's not. There really isn't. And I I think you probably could echo all this as well. I watched my dad labor with his hands, mm-hmm. and God specifically gifted him in that area. My uncle is an absolute brain. It's a reason why he's the director of a seminary right now. So he was in the team that they formed, very similar to what we have here by God's grace. There, there were different strengths manifest in all the men and their wives in that that setting. And my dad was gifted to build and do things with his hands. So he, he was really the kind of the forefront leading that. But my dad is an incredible discipler as well. Mm. Um, he, he has a passion for people. And I'm sure you could echo this as well as a pastor's kid. There were times where I remember having genuine frustration that my dad was taking so long in a certain in a certain building or place or grocery store because he was passionate about the people he was engaging with mm. and the gospel was his ultimate goal in sharing their lives um, some of the things that stick out to me in my childhood would be um, my dad's uh, there are a lot of things. I think that one of the main things was the opportunities I had to go one-on-one with my dad in his visitation and the Bible studies that he would do. Um, 
life was very busy as a pastor and as a pastor's kid we were always there we were always part of things but the moments that i think i've gleaned from the most and i've learned from ministry life the most were the one-on-one opportunities or a one-on-a-family. My dad would either, we'd go on a Tuesday night or some other time during the week, and we would have a Bible study with this gentleman or his family, Mm. or we'd take a visitation card, and we'd gather at the church, and we'd split up, and we'd visit three, four homes on a Tuesday night starting at 7 till I don't know, midnight. Mm. And I can't tell you how many times I would sit on this little tiny couch in a Brazilian home and hear my dad share his personal salvation testimony, open the door to the gospel to these people by sharing the word, mm. and how many times I watch people confess Christ right there. Mm. Wow. And it leaves an impact on me that I'll never forget. It's one thing to hear about it. It's another thing to actually be a part oh, of it. Oh, what a joy. What a joy it was. Because yeah. I'm trying to think of how it would have been different if your dad would have come home and said, Sean, listen to what God did today, rather than, mm-hmm. Sean, come with me and watch God's word work it was, as I watch it work. You know? And it was not just he as a father wanting to disciple me in that area. It was his desire as a pastor to disciple his people that way. So mm-hmm. when we gathered on Tuesday nights, yes, he brought a son with him. We'd rotate who would go with him, one of the three boys. But he would also rope in two to three other members, Hmm. and they would come and they would have to participate as well, share their testimony as nervous as they might be or Hmm. insecure, and um, have an opportunity to grow in that area as well. You know, this is kind of a related point, and I think that's so interesting because anytime that I, growing up in a pastor's home, anytime I meet somebody else who's in ministry who also grew up in a ministry home, I'm I'm super fascinated by their story, and I want to know. Because it's one thing to be surrounded by ministry, but there's there has to be something that occurs along the way that mm. gives you a personal love and drive mm. for ministry. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, like I know what that was for me, but I'm I'm super curious, and I think this kind of goes along with what you were saying just now. I would imagine that that's, that's something of what your answer would be. But for both of you, maybe Sean go first. But what what were some of the things that, as you're surrounded by gospel ministry that God used to give you a personal passion for it and maybe even a, a drive or a desire to give your life to that? Yeah. That's a great question. Because you've seen some of the, the, some of the hardest aspects oh, yeah. of it as well. Because when you're a pastor's kid, you, you can't really be hidden from the hard times of ministry either. Mm-hmm. So you see the good, the bad, and the ugly, and there has to be something that the Lord does that says the good outweighs everything else that's hard about it. Yeah. There were definitely some dark times. I remember watching my parents weep. Um, over over very hard, difficult situations, people who would just walk away from everything after years of investment. But those actually aren't the times that um, shine the brightest for me. Hmm. I, I think as a missionary kid, there's an element of, you you picture this pioneering work. It's rustic, perhaps, and it's um, it doesn't have a, perhaps a lot of meat to it. But I think my child, and one of the reasons why I'm I knew God was calling me into ministry was God, by His grace, allowed my father and that team of pastors to create an environment where there was not just a focus on evangelism or a focus on we're going to grow just ourselves here. There was a there was a very healthy nature of being students of the word hmm. that 
I thought was totally normal hmm. everywhere else. And I, you know, since then kind of realized that's just not the case. So the privilege I had of, of, of growing up in the home I did was not just having godly parents, but having parents who loved God's church and were disciples of those people and were students of the word, and that was their focus. Mm-hmm. All the other things were, were roads to achieve that goal, but it was, um, it was that passion that I saw in their hearts that was just an obvious, for, for me, in God working my heart, it was just a immediate love almost that I had from watching that and um, having the privilege to grow up in it. And I think it's such a blessing that that's what stood out. I remember, you know, for me, and I can echo a lot of what you just said, if not all of it, one of the things that stands out for me growing up at the pastor's home is seeing my mom and my dad minister together Mm -hmm. and and not have sinful conflict in our home. Of course, there's conflict in our home, but with the kids and things. But my mom and my dad were always unified together Mm -hmm. and doing the best they could to minister together and being involved in people's lives. There was no judgmental spirit in our home towards right. people yeah. whatsoever. And uh, and yes, we had hard times, but uh, but also to see that focus on discipling. And when you see somebody grow and, and get saved, when you see the hard times and the good times, and God really implants those times in your heart, you know, to use that to draw you to ministry. Right. Susanna, uh, or go ahead, Sean. I was just going to say, one of the, I think one of the results for me too is that I know a lot of pastor's kids who bitterness has sprung up in their heart sure. because of their experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I, they were exposed to more than I was necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that I have some magical response that's better than theirs, but God in his kindness and his grace allowed my parents to shepherd our hearts, but also do a work in my heart that I saw the the beauty of what the gospel could, could do as opposed yeah. to living in the the diff- the low moments, sure. Um, the gospel rescuing all of that. Yes, yeah. Susanna, what thoughts do you have? What was it that sticks out about your childhood that developed this love, like like Ben was saying, for the ministry that that you're in now? Well, I was sitting here. I, I don't know that I've actually ever thought about that question specifically, but and just sitting here in these few moments, my I'm going to, it sounds very much like what Sean was saying, Mm. the discipleship of my heart as a child um, with both of my parents, um, everything that they did, the purpose behind what we did was based in God's word. Mm. And, um, And that was my dad's goal was to teach us God's word, to teach us theology, to... Um, give us a love for God's Word. Um, And I really think that's what it was, because when you're in God's Word, it makes your heart tender Mm -hmm. to the Spirit. And um, yeah, I think that's what it is. I love that, because for me as well, growing up, my parents were so involved in helping all of us understand that ministry is, is... something we do together as a family. It's not dad's job. This is 
this is a calling from God. And by virtue of the fact that we were in a pastor's home, it was God's call for us to minister alongside our mm-hmm. parents on some right. level. But I think that the biggest turning point for me came in high school where, you know, I wasn't uh, upset with the ministry for anything it had done to my family or the Lord's providence or anything like that. Um, but I wasn't like convinced I wanted to go into ministry. But then as I started getting into my high school years and uh, the Lord really started working through the church that God had allowed us to plant, uh, to see people's lives transformed by the gospel. Mm-hmm. That's really what it was. It was seeing people come to Christ and then mm-hmm. seeing people that I knew before, people we developed relationships with as unbelievers, and then to watch their lives transform before our eyes, everything from their habits to their personalities mm-hmm. to the Absolutely. dominant emotions in difficult times to the way that they prayed. I, I just remember thinking, I want to be part of something like that. Like if I could give my life to something that has mm-hmm. such an awesome power to it, something that's so wonderful and changing people's lives, that that would be that would be a dream come true. Yeah, and I, you know, so much of the attitude of the parents in this really drives what we're talking about. I remember hearing someone say in ministry that um, the, the common theme in their home was, well, we have to share daddy with these people. Mm-hmm. And, and I look at that, and, I, and, and my parents never said that. They were like, no, we get to do this together. I remember um, we had we got bounced around when I was a, when I was a kid. Uh, my dad pastored, and, and our church was meeting in, a, in a, like a little strip mall. We got kicked out because the Mexican restaurant next to us wanted a liquor license. You can't have a church within so many hundreds of feet if you apply for a liquor license. So they kicked us out. Classic South Carolina. Yeah, that's all. So, <laughs> I don't know if that's the way they wanted it to work out. But, but, but that's what happened. And then we met actually in a museum. For a while, we yeah. met in the York County Museum, yeah, and uh, in a little gathering room there. And it was, uh, and there's so many things. I mean, it, but but it was never seen as like this drain, it right? Was like, man, yeah. what, what did we do in between Sunday school and morning service? We walked around the museum, we, we got like <laughs> there had to be a curator there, you know, yeah. there had to be a curator there in order for us to, or a museum worker, in order for us to have access to the building. And so he would show us everything. It was, you know, and yeah. our, and it was always seen as like, this is an adventure God has us on. Mm-hmm. When then they, we bought this house on this property, renovated the basement so we could meet. We had about 40 people in our church at that time. First time we walked in, there's a giant black snake, you know, on the, in the basement because it just been eating all the mice that were there. And I remember thinking it was so cool. And 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 then we would go every Saturday and we clean the church yeah. and and straighten the auditorium. Right. And it was always seen as or, or presented as this is just this is what we do. God's given us the opportunity to serve his church this way. Isn't that great? Yeah. Not everybody has the opportunity to serve in this way. And maybe I was naive and didn't know any better, and of course I was. But but in that sense, to say, I am seeing in front of me a pattern of of a couple who's serving the Lord with joy, they care about grounding everything in the Word of God, right. and they care about the spiritual lives of others. They're not in this because it's a job that they dread. This is life, and it's a good life lived in service for the Lord. Well, it's like your parents, you know, they when they have this kind of a mindset, they are already called and driven and motivated and gifted to... Um, align themselves in the will of God to see people's lives transformed by the gospel. And having children, they say, you're about to see something amazing. Come up here and watch what God's about to do. Sit in the front row seat and look at the amazing thing God's about to do through through us. How cool is that? How awesome is that? And it's not just like a spin they put on it to keep us quiet. It really is because I think each one of our parents were truly captivated by the glory of God in the gospel yeah. and how it works and changes people's lives. So Sean and Suze, we won't go back and rehash. I think we interviewed you guys and put it on the podcast when you came to candidate 
coming to community. But um, as you live out your your ministry here, I, I'm excited to see how um, you know how God is going to use the the burdens that you have for the gospel, the way that He's gifted both of you so clearly for ministry and hospitality and 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 giving yourselves to the work of the ministry, and how God's gifted and uh, and. I think God's clearly gifted Sean for pastoral ministry as a gift to the church and, uh, and to have you here as a part of our body and our family is going to be exciting to see how those lessons you learned in childhood mm-hmm. are brought into your life now. Right. I wasn't too long ago, a couple months ago, saw a picture of my parents when they were my age and it freaked me out. Right. <laughs> because all of a sudden it hit me. Okay. That's us now. And we have the opportunity to pass those lessons down to our children right. and pray as Susanna's testimony was that God would open up the eyes to the gospel at a young age, exposure to the gospel consistently, pray that God would open up the eyes and pray that he would uh, keep us faithful in his work. Mm. Any closing comments you'd like to make? I see you leaning towards the mic, Sean. Well, I was just going to say uh, our, our journey to arrive to where we are today has been um, a sweet joy. It's been dark. It's been difficult. It's been filled with grace. And each step of it has, as we look back, has prepared us for the next. We actually were, throughout our couple years of marriage here, we've reflected on each stage of our life and realized how that stage has prepared us for the next. And to look back from today and go, wow, not that we've arrived by any means, but we are in a place to serve by God's grace, serve well as he's prepared us through our childhood, yes. But then there were a lot of other sweet influences in other local churches and people who discipled our lives. Mm-hmm. And um, we are we're thrilled to be able to, to serve Jesus in this way, in this area. I think that's a great point, too. There's so many. We're, we are a product of those who have invested in us. There's so many yeah. more people other than just our parents who've done that. But as the primary disciples in our life, how blessed we are to be a part of this. We're glad you guys are here and uh, glad that our church can get to know you a little bit more through hearing your testimony that way. By the way, I didn't grow up in a jungle. (laughs) And I I want to commend both of you on your unity in sharing this mic so freely. I mean, some of you didn't see a couple of times, Sean just jerked it, jerked it back, but you know, uh, um, we work well together. The unity that you have exemplified uh, through sharing one mic has been, has been gracious. And, no, you didn't grow up in the jungle. You grew up in a concrete jungle. It was enormous. Yeah. The city I grew up in was larger than the city you grew up in, actually. Yeah, because I grew up in Anderson, South Carolina. Anderson. And then Rock Hill, South Carolina. Yeah. So, yes, like, it was There was like a bigger. million people in the city I grew up in. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And it was next to a city of multi, multi, multi-million people. Well, God's gifted you to be here, and I'm yeah. very thankful for that. I just want to make sure you understand I was not in a jungle. <laughs> Okay. Were, were you, was your city a coastal city? Did you say that? No, city? actually, we lived about uh, m- multiple hours away from the coast. Okay. So, so the coast of the Amazon River? Yeah, the coast up the next to the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> we did have lots of, uh, lots of animals, but no piranhas. No piranhas. No piranhas. All right.